This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. All right. All right. I'm going to hit you with a lyric. Uh-huh. And then you're going to immediately finish it. Ready? Sure. Cotton candy. I don't know. Let me see that Tootsie Row. Right, right, right. It's not, I don't know. But what does he say? Cotton candy. I, 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 I. What do you think he says? I never put thought into it. Well, if you were to, to sing the song, what would you say? So apparently it's Sweetie Go. I thought it was going to be Sweetie something, but I didn't know Sweetie. I thought maybe Sweetie Most Yo. people think it's sweet as gold. Oh. Or so most people think it's like cotton candy, sweet as gold. Let me see that Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Tootsie. Yeah. I like mine better. What's yours? Cotton candy, I don't know. Oh, some people, somebody goes, I thought it was sweet and low. Yeah, yeah. If you're diabetic, it's sweet and low. Right. Yeah. Because you can't have all the sweeties. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burt. And today I'm Jackson Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll! I'm Jackson Wells, actually. Brought to you by Tootsie Roll? Uh, this, this is sponsored by, yes. Oh. This episode is brought to you by... Sweet, sweet sponsorship money. Tootsie Roll. And Tootsie Pop. It is not. It's brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let's find out. One, tahoo, a three. <laughs> Three. Three steps to make a podcast. Mm-hmm. You sign up for Anchor.fm. Yeah. You record the podcast. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And then you do the you upload the podcast. Okay. We're on step two right now. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yes. We are recording the podcast. Right We've now. done other things. Yes. In our lives. We've done over one hundred episodes of this very podcast. I've done one over over one hundred things in my life. Yes. I've probably done 100 things today. That's a lot. I've breathed. Okay. I've. Did you shower? I did shower. Did you poopy? I don't think so. All right. I did pee pee. Have you expressed the anal glands of a dog? No. Of a chimpanzee? No, nothing. Did, I've, did I've, I've expressed anal glands to be. I've expressed, expressed zero anal glands today. Yeah. I've walked. Did you ever express anal anal glands? Not that I know of. Okay. I've blinked my eyes. Did you blink 182? No. All right. I've slept today twice. Have you blinked your eyes at least 182 times? Yes. Of course you have. Yes. Yeah. I've drank today. All right. I've drank water. I've drank coffee. Yeah. I've eaten things. All right. So uh, at the time of this recording, this is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. July 19th. It is the day before... Something to do with Bruce Lee. The anniversary of the moon landing, which Bruce Lee was alive for, I think. Right. Yeah, he died in the 70s. Yeah, he yeah. was alive. It's the day before your birthday. Oh, which is is, is very, very related you to Bruce Lee. You were born during the moon landing. Yes, I'm very old now. You were born on the moon. I was. I'm yeah. a space cowboy. Wow. 
If you were born the day of the moon landing, you would be how old tomorrow? I believe 56 years old. It, oh, is that how old it is? I believe it was in 1950 or 1967, if I'm doing back of the napkin math. Uh, 55 years old because it was would be it five 67? years. Was it 67? I think it was. I'm not sure now. I thought it was 69, but if it was 67, all right. We don't even think it happened, so what do you know? Excuse me? So you don't even, you don't even think Look, it happened. You don't need to... to all right, this isn't Conspiracy Corner, okay? Right, you don't need to throw me... It was the, 69. Yeah. 69, boys. Yeah. Um, Cotton candy, sweetie, go. Let me see that... Moon landing. Yeah, so, okay. M moon landing. I was I was incorrect. You would be 54 I'm years I'm 40, old. No, I'm 42. You would be 54 years old today I, if you were born not, the day of the moon I, landing. Oh, I, okay. I didn't let you finish. You didn't. So happy birthday to you. Thank you. It's not my birthday yet, but I, I well, appreciate it. By the time this comes out, it'll yes. already have been your birthday. It would have already have been my birthday too, and a lot of other people. And now we're going to get into a little segment that we like to call This Week Matter. We're going fast on the show today. Former Japanese prime minister assassinated with homemade firearms. On July 8th, a former world leader was gunned down in a country with one of the lowest rates of gun violence mm -hmm. and gun ownership in the world. Yeah. How many people were killed in uh, in 2021 in Japan? One. Just one. In Japan, that's the next lot of the story here. Mm. In Japan, where just one person was killed by gun violence in all of 2021. We just talked about this, by the way. Not on the air. No, no, no. I know. Yes. But last week. So actually, this is last week of murder, really? Well, it's it's since our last episode in murder, but that's not as catchy when you do the. That's true. The, yes, ever since our last yeah. episode of murder. I think we're gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to change it. All right. Since our last episode, since the last time you heard us. Yeah, I'm. Now yeah. this week in murder sounds better. It does. Yeah. Yeah, but like I don't have the most up to date things because this is usually the first prep I do. That's fine. That's um, okay. Like, I don't have anything about that mall shooting in Indiana. Around this week, murder. Recently, a murder. I, I kind of like recently, a murder. Recently, a murder. I love it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, there's nothing about that Indiana mall shooting or... How, did, so, yeah, it's another Are you okay shooting. with changing it to recently, a murder? Recently, a murder. Recently, a murder. Yeah, I think I could do that. All right. Yeah, sure. Recently, a murder. Or recent in murder. Recent murder. <laughs> That's so stupid. I love it. We'll, we'll just end up keeping it in this week in murder. But, yeah, probably. But recent in murder is it's kind of catchy, though. All right. Well, OK, so what we're getting at is on July or as they say in the South, July on July 8th, uh, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, uh, who held that position longer than anyone in the history of his nation, was shot twice and killed during a campaign streets uh, campaign speech rather in the streets it wasn't a streets in the speech. It was a speech in the streets. Right. Of the city of Nara. Yeah. Though retired from office, Abe was campaigning for his liberal Democratic Party. Not really liberal or Democrats. In, in, uh, in the United States way of thinking. Is it the, is it the like, British way of calling it a liberal? No. Oh. Uh, why did I say no like that? No. I don't know. Um, You're very uh, excited and... Uh... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what that is. I, I can't think for you, so it's okay. You better not think for me. All right. No, the Brits have... Uh, the British parties, like your three main parties... Well, your two main parties... If I, you know... I, you're, I don't want to think for you, because 
We need somebody to think about burning down cities, and that's what your people are into. I love it. I love burning down cities. I know. And then we burn down the suburbs. Yeah. Then we burn down the rural areas. And what's and then you listen to uh, what's his face Ben Folds. Yeah. And then you do something else with the suburbs. We rock the suburbs. We rock the suburbs. And then we burn them down. We burn down the house because then we Ben Folds ends and Talking Heads comes on. Right. So we burn down the house. Yeah, you psycho killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> and then we um, fa, 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 fa. wait. Isn't it fa 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 better? Yeah. All right. Okay. And then uh, get, like, this is just what happens strikes. when it's life during wartime. I I don't even know that one. This ain't no party. You're getting this right, ain't this no is disco. Like deep cuts and shit. This ain't no fooling around. How many songs do you know? About this ain't me? no nightclub. No CBGBs. I ain't got time for that now. It's all the same song. It's all life during wartime. I don't know this. You're, you, you're a big you don't even know my fan. real name. It's Brian Paddington Burke. Oh, well, you do know my real name. Never mind. Yeah. I take that back. Yeah. Uh, no, the uh, the Liberal Democratic Party, it's kind of like the, and this is later in the story, too, it's kind of like the National Party of Japan. Besides, like, six years, they've been in power since the 1950s. Like, it's essentially a one-party system in Japan. Uh, there's opposition parties, but they don't really ever have power. I mean, it's been like that for a while in England, like the Conservative Party in the UK, or not England, the UK, has been in power for, I think, like 12 years now or so, um, ever since David Cameron. But they're called the Conservative Party, like the right, the right wing party, the main right wing party in the UK is called the Conservative Party. And then your more like liberal left leaning party is called Labour, which is what a lot of them are called. Gotcha. Um, and then there is there is a party in the UK called the Liberal Democrats, but they're more like a center a centrist party. They're like kind of between the Labour. That's people where I am, I think. Yeah, and the they're called the Lib Dems. The Lib. Dems. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the real the real the the you know Jack is mm-hmm. probably more like that. I'm left of center, and not to get political, but to get political. And then Jackson Wells. Oh, he, he's he's waving his Trump flag. Well, if you're just a little left of center in the United States, you're like super right wing. Most other places, <laughs> like right wing. Yeah, like if you're left of center, if you're left of center by American standards, just a little left of center. If you're like center left, if you're like Joe Manchin, the guy from West Virginia, the senator, he's a Democrat, but he's like the center. He's a centrist, super centrist Democrat. Um. He would probably be a conservative in most other places. Like, gotcha. Like the UK, the conservatives have been in power for twelve years, and they still have nationalized health care. Yeah, which is what I want. <laughs> I want that. I think that's important to have. But we're talking about Shinzo Abe because he yeah. was the one that was gunned down, and he was gunned down uh, while campaigning for his Liberal Democratic Party, the LDP. So much drama there. Yeah, so, so much drama in LDP. It's kind of Harbi and Snoop ABE. Shinzo ABE. Oh uh, yeah. And he was killed two days before Japan's national elections, which took place on the 10th. Mm. The 67-year-old, who resigned as prime minister in 2020, citing health issues in his battle with ulcerative colitis... That's a tough one. Uh, ...was shot by a homemade pipe gun mm. wielded by 41-year-old Tetsuya Yamagami. Wrestler. Not a wrestler. Mm. Uh, you think of Tetsuya Naito, I'm going to guess? Um, or just, Tatsumi Fujinami? That's what I was thinking of. Oh. And uh, just any Japanese name ever is a wrestler. Not true. Mm. Okay. I can name one Japanese name that was never a wrestler. 
Name him. Shinzo Abe. Wrestler. Tetsuya Yamagami. Definitely a wrestler. Uh, Yamagami was an unemployed man uh, who served for three years in Japan's Navy. Ooh, ooh, rock me, Yamagami. He was in the Navy. We're just going to say, this is the musical edition of Murder, My Dude. Rock me, Yamagami. Rock rock me, Yamagami. This is very much the, this is Murder, My Dude, the musical. Yeah. This week. Well, I've been waiting for that one. Um, Where's Seth fucking... Well, you do love when I sing on the show. I don't. I don't like when you sing anywhere, ever. I don't like when I sing. But, like, I'm tone deaf. You're tone dead. I am. You're tone deaf. I'm tone loke. I've got a funky cold Medina. Yamagami plotted to kill Abe due to... I almost said Abe this time. Yep. Because it's A-B-E. You just want to say Abe because of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, yeah. Yeah. Assassination, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yamagami plotted to kill Abe due to Abe's perceived ties to the Unification Church, often known colloquially as the Moonies. I heard about the Moonies before. Uh, That nickname refers to the church's founder and longtime leader, Sun Myung Moon. Quote, I had a grudge against... Yeah, I remember. She was on... Um, she was Punky Brewster. That is Soleil Moon Fry. They killed her? They fried her? No. Ooh. They killed Shinzo Abe. Oh. They didn't kill Sun Myung Moon. Sun, Num- Sun Myung uh, Moon is dead. Cream of... I, I get the cream of that. That is not a food. It's cream of Sun Young Guy. That's what that is. Quote, I had a grudge against a particular religious group, Yamagami explained. And I thought the former Prime Minister Abe had a close relationship to this group. Wasn't that that little toy that you would have back in the 90s? I don't know. It's the ta- Tamagotchi, that's what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the pocket monster. That's a Pokemon. That's, that's Pokemon. Yeah, yeah the, little, the little egg guy. The little electronic pet. Yeah. A digital Furby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, Yamagami. Both Japanese words. It's 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 uh it's hard to learn other languages. Team Umizumi. All right, Umi friend. Oh, you remember it? I remember Team Umizumi. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, my mother got into a group uh, into a group and made a large donation, and my family life was messed up. So. Oh, I thought you were telling me that no. your mother got into Team Umizumi. No. I was like, oh, let's buckle in. Let's 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 listen to this. I didn't know your mom liked Team Umizumi. To my knowledge, she did not. She probably didn't even know what it was, right? I'm going to guess she didn't. Okay. Uh, we're, we're back to the story now. Back to we're the back story. To, this is uh, what we're here for, everybody. Uh, you probably are very confused as to what's happening. I'm very confused as right is, now. As is him over here, Brian Paddington Burke, real name, shoot name. Yes. Real name, no gimmicks. No gimmicks needed. Yeah. Brian Paddington Burke. Yeah. The chief. Yeah. The chief. So... Basically, this guy's mom got really into religion late in her life and became a Mooney, became part of the Unification Church, Mm -hmm. gave them a lot of money, and this guy resented the church for it. And then Yamagami suspected that Abe and his grandfather, former Prime Minister Nobusuke Kishi, aided in the expansion of the Universal Church. Yeah. Uh, Yamagami... Yeah, he was... I was going to say, you have something for this name, too? Well, yeah, he... He was Yokozuna's cousin. He's the father of the Usos. That was Rikishi, I think you're going for? That's actually a, uh, I think that's another rank of sumo. They call him, yeah, that's. Kishi? That's, yeah. They call him Kishi. Oh. Yeah. Big Kishi. So, um, Yamagami had previously targeted Hak Jahan, the leader of the Universal Church. I know him. 
I used to know him as the the Sandman. That's just hack. Hmm. I need to uh, whittle out the names here. Okay. We can. <laughs> I gotta brief you on the names before the show. I don't know why it took me this long to figure it out because you always get confused. You always get confused on the names. You should do a better job. I should. I should brief you more. Uh, Yamagami had previously taught Hak Jahan, the leader of the Universal Church and Moon's Widow, only to find her too hard to get close to. <clears throat> so that's how protected this church is, that she, the leader of the church, she is harder to get to than the former Prime Minister of Japan. Right. Uh, Tomohiro Tanaka. Pat. Not Pat, or Toru. Tomohiro yeah. Tanaka. Oh, it was the, uh, the Native American guy. That's Tatanka. Hmm. I'll be, uh, shortly after this comes out, I'll be meeting him. Really? I'm going to be... Uh, I didn't know you were meeting Tatanka. I'm going to be saying... Or is it, uh, are you meeting Pat Tanaka? No, Tatanka. The Native American Tatanka. Chris Chavez. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, he will... Uh, I know real names. He, you know my real name and Tatanka's real I name. Very impressive. Name. Mark. My name's not Mark. It's Brian it, 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 was, it was from like that MTV Claymation show with the fighters. Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah. With The Undertaker. Yes. He's like, I know your real name, Mark. And it was, goes, no, I'm the Undertaker. It was hilarious because nobody fucking yeah, nobody ever brought up nobody Undertaker's real name. Yeah. yeah, until now, now it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the Undertaker. Yes, Mark Calloway, and there's his mommy. There's Mark and his mommy, because he 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 was holding on to kayfabe until like yeah three years ago. So yeah, Tatanka will be at the uh, the Legends of Hamburg. That's very cool. This weekend, check. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you'll talk about it more on your other podcast. Yeah, which is uh, called Tornado Tag. So go look that up. Tomohiro Tanaka podcast. It's on the IWEP uh, network. Network. There's two networks there. Yeah. So uh, Tomohiro Tanaka is the chairman of the Universal Church's Japanese office, and he did release a statement. "Quote: There is a big difference between having resentment toward our association and killing former Prime Minister Abe." We struggle to understand why this happened. We will cooperate fully with the police to reveal his motive. Well, I think we know his motive. Yeah, I don't think I understand. I don't think I really struggle why it yeah. happened. This guy seems was crazy. Pretty, yeah, it seems pretty cut and dry. Yeah, he was crazy. He had a gun. He didn't like him. He shot him. Yeah. Kishi, uh, in a cruel twist of fate, again, Kishi being uh, Abe's grandfather, who was a prime minister in the 1950s and early 60s, he was the target of an assassination attempt in 1960, the final year of his reign as prime minister, when he was stabbed six times. Sitting prime minister Fumio Kishida, who served for years as Abe's foreign affairs minister. And that's not the Japanese version of Vince Fumo, right? No, I don't. And nobody listening knows who Vince Fumo is. Okay. No one. What about the That guy- is by far maybe the most <laughs> obscure reference you've ever made on this show, and that's going places. <laughs> what about... That covers a lot of ground. From... Hook. It's Rufio. Rufio, no. No. No, Fumio Kishida. Oh, that's definitely Not, a wrestler. No. But you know who it was in, uh, or no, I think, you know who is in Kish- uh, Fumio Kishida's cabinet? I think he's like the Secretary of Sports. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me his initials. First initial. Uh, H. H? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no! He was no longer in the cabinet. He used to be. Now he's the governor of the Ishikawa Prefecture. But he was—he uh, was actually in Shinzo Abe's cabinet. This is a Hase, is it? Hiroshi Hase. Yes. Is it? Yep. Damn. He, uh, yeah, he was the secretary of—he uh, was the minister of education, culture, sports, science, and technology under Shinzo Abe. 
I don't even have my phone, so you know that I... Well, I have I my do. phone, but yeah. you know I'm not cheating. Um, Fumio Kishida served for years as Abe's foreign affairs minister and is now the prime minister himself. He decried the shooting as barbaric and malicious. Elections were still held in the wake of Abe's passing, <coughs> uh, with prime, Minis- prime Minister Kishida promising, quote, a free and fair election at all cost. There is a Kushida wrestler, right? Kushida, yes. K-U-S-H-I-D-A. Yeah, he's part of the Time Splitters. Yeah, he just re- until very recently he was in NXT. Now he's back in New Japan. Awesome talent wrestled, that they wasted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I said he was in NXT. Um, That's true. The Liberal Democratic Party, actually a conservative party despite its name, saw a modest gain of seats. Uh, the LDP, as we said earlier, has been in control of the Japanese government for all but five years since its founding in 1955. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. And it, it, it's really nuts that in 2021, because I was, I was reading this last week, it was like in 2021, Japan had one shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, It's like we had 220 last weekend alone or whatever it was. We love our guns here in the United States. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the next story, why don't we uh, pay some bills, as they say? All right. Uh, I have my t- property. Oh, no, 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 there. no, 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 it's, I already it's, paid my sewer, but water it's, bill. It's uh, it's just, it means like put your plugs out and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Project humanoid.com is the website. Uh, I don't know what's on there anymore. I, I haven't been on there in years. I need to update everything. I think I'm going to retool everything. I think I'm going to rework some images. I want to get back uh, on the horse as they say. I don't know who says this. Does anybody even say that? Cowboys. They say that. Um, I want to do that and uh, and get some new merch. Jockeys. Okay. Jockeys get back on the horse I'm, I'm, in between I'm races. a lot taller than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the only difference. Height. We got, yeah, we got uh, Murder My Dude on Instagram. We do. We have Murder My Dude on Facebook. Yep. Well, Podcast uh, My Dude, but yes. Oh, but. sure. Podcast My Dude. But let's see if you look at Murder yeah, My Dude, you'll find you'll it. You'll find it. Uh, Twitter, yep. Murder My Dude, and that's it. That's a, like, uh, You forgot the biggest one of all. Oh, Truth Social. Truth Social. Oh, wait, am I Jackson Wells? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, Truth Social. That's yeah. number one. Truth yeah. Social, number one. Yeah. Twitter, hock Yeah. Instagram, hock Right. America. Truth Social, number one. Yeah. Um... And uh, yeah, so there you go. Is that is that all we have for for? Oh, and if you have any questions or comments or any any suggestions, email us at murdermydude@gmail.com. Or why would you do that when you can just DM us on Truth Social, the hottest social network going? Yeah. So. All right, on to the second story. Three men exonerated for 1995 NYC toll booth killing. At an instance of life imitating art. Two men approached an MTA subway toll booth in November, on November 26, 1995, squirted flammable liquid into it, and set it on fire in a scene straight out of the recently released movie Money Train. Remember that movie? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, it's with a tit. With what? A tit. A tit. Yeah. A single tit. I think there was two. Oh, maybe. two tits. Yeah. You know who's? Jennifer Lopez? Yes. I blo- I, that's what I thought, yeah. The recently married Jennifer Lopez. I don't care. Okay, me neither. Um... Despite there being a handful of attacks in the years before the movie's release, politicians led by soon-to-be Republican presidential nominee Bob Dole... Bob Dole! Bob uh, Dole! Bob Dole uh, decried the MTA attack and several others like it as copycat attacks. This one, however, was the most severe. The booth was being manned by 50-year-old Harry Kaufman, a 22-year veteran of New York's MTA. 
Uh, Kaufman was engulfed quickly and suffered severe burns on over 80% of his body. After a two-week <laughs> fight, Kaufman succumbed to his injuries. Three men, Vincent Ellerby, James Irons, and Thomas Malik, were convicted of Kaufman's murder, but they had always maintained their innocence. As a matter of fact, uh, prominent New York defense attorney Ron Kuby uh, frequently championed their cause. I know, I forget what channel it was on, but he used to have a thing with like that Curtis Silva dude, the Guardian Angels guy. Okay. It was like... Um, I remember him on uh, WCW. Yeah, he just ran for mayor of New York. Yeah, what a weird... He, he ran as a Republican and, and lost handily. Uh, recently, Brooklyn uh, prosecutors had joined in on the calls to release the trio. They were largely convicted on the fact that they had confessed, but their confessions had since been largely dismissed as coerced. They missed key details, got others wrong, and contradicted one another constantly. Uh, still, they remained behind bars until Vincent Ellerby, who was convicted on a lesser charge as an accomplice, was paroled in 2020. The other two remained in jail, though, but on July 15th, Prosecutors petitioned the courts to throw out all three convictions, calling the prosecution's case at the time, quote, riddled with errors. More than 25 years later, Brooklyn Assistant Attorney Lori Glockman told the court, we do not have any confidence in the integrity of those convictions. Quote, the horrific murder of Harry Kaufman shocked our city and devastated a loving family, but the findings of an exhaustive years-long reinvestigation of this case leave us unable to stand by the convictions of those charged. Uh, that was a lead statement in a press release by Brooklyn District Attorney Jer uh, Eric Gonzalez. Though now freed, the decades of imprisonment weigh heavy on those who were convicted. Uh, we did it at one of our early episodes, was, um, if you remember, I think it was like first season, was Innocent, My Dude. No. Which would be cool for, a, I think that would be a good one to do a part two on. Uh, it was just all these murder cases where the people who were convicted were later exonerated. Okay. I think we may have even talked about Fatty Arbuckle in that one. Yeah, it's funny because I was recently talking to a guy about, and he was like, ah, Fatty Arbuckle, yeah, he was a piece of shit. And I was like, why? And he was like, because he was a rapist. And I was like, dude, you should go back and listen to, uh, you should go back and listen to um, my episode where I talk about Fatty Arbuckle. And yes, yeah, so with the um, with that, these cases, I, I I listened to something recently where it was about or read something it was about like how much or how little restitution some people actually get. Like in a, some states, there's not even a compensation law. Uh, some states you get like millions of dollars, but how much how much of a price tag can you put on like 25 years of your life? Yeah, yeah. I I was. Um... So I was just looking up uh, last night, as a matter of fact, um, Damian Eccles, mm -hmm. part of the West Texas Three. West Memphis Three? West Memphis Three. We, we did an Texas. episode about them, too. Right. And Damian Eccles is who Eddie Munson is based off of in the new Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, you know, what did he spend? 18 years in jail? Something like that, yeah. Right. Like, you should sue the fucking balls off the goddamn. Yeah. You should be making a lot of fucking money if you're in prison for that fucking long. Now, some people are like, well, you know, it's like, wait, well, hold on, hold on, stop. First of all, when these people are like smiling or whatever, they're like, oh, look at him smile. Hey, he's not allowed to have a life. Mm -hmm. He's not allowed to smile. He's not. Oh, he's guilty because he smiled. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um. Yeah, the court of public opinion is weird. Yeah, it's very strange. But in in some cases, that rules just as you know heavily uh, as as 
the law does, mm-hmm. you know, with, with with like stopping people from getting jobs or going places, you know, not allowing people, it, you know, it's like it's it's just as fucked up. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do not like the court of public opinion. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this guy is still trying to clear his name. And even though he's he's out, it's still you're still dealing with people that still think that he did it. Yeah. You know, but my thing is he is owed a lot of fucking money. That's you would think. Yeah, that's a lot of money that he lost out on what he could have been making. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And certain states like have rules for it. Like you get so much per day and it's usually not even a lot. Like it may just be a few hundred dollars a day. Okay. Um, and if you're there a lot, like even if it's, but even if it's like, just say it's a, uh, just say it's a hundred dollars a day. That's like what? I'm bad at math. Thirty six thousand dollars a year, thirty six thousand five hundred dollars a year, something like that. It's not a lot. Yeah, it's not a lot. Comes out to like less than, well, I would say less than fifteen bucks an hour if you're working forty hours a week. This is their entire life. This is this is twenty four hours a day, but um, but yeah. So the um, the the and it's not just the loss of freedom. It's just what prisons are like. Uh, quote: What happened to us can never be fixed. Ellerby told the court, "They break you or they turn you into a monster." He said, speaking of the uh, the prison system. So yeah, um, I mean they're out now, and that's good. I mean, it's you 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 do have to feel for the families of the 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 victim because. It's no, they're the guy's killer. The real people who did this are probably never going to get caught. It's been 25 years plus, so you're never going to find like a bunch of people who did something in a subway 25 years ago, you would think. Yeah, but you're not going to solve that problem either by putting away three people who had nothing to do with it because sometimes they need they need a perpetrator, they need. Yeah, you need the you need the closure, you need the bad guy. Right. Yeah, and it's like it's not how it works, dude. It's not how it fucking works cuz they you know what it is? What I think it is. What's that? I think they think that their failure is a detective if they don't have the guy. Cuz yeah. they feel that they failed. And they're mm-hmm. like, "Fuck it. No, we're, we're somebody's getting put away." Yeah, you got to close the case. Yeah, you got to you can't have an open case hanging over you. Yeah, because that makes you look bad. So they need to put somebody away, and then oh, we'll we'll deal with the repercussions later if it's not really them. Yeah, and, the, and even that's not fuck. That's not fucking. And fun. some of the stuff through this is they did uh, reportedly withhold evidence and coerced confessions and and all the things that are kind of earmarks of shoddy police work like that. Like oh, we, we've already made up our mind that it's, that it's this guy, so let's just build the case around the idea that that we've got our guy. That that's absolutely what was going on here. Uh, but that's, uh, what do we call it now? Recently in murder? Recent in murder. Recent in murder. Which means uh, we are going to take a short break here. And then we're going to play our favorite game. No, you are really in a hurry this week. Um, we're going to talk about our lead story, which may or may not involve murder. Huh. We're, we're not sure. It's going to be an interesting episode, and it continues right after this. Do you want me to guess the lyrics of any more 90s R&B songs? No, I think we kind of, like, went past the music stuff onto wrestling, and then then just let it all go. 
Well, like I said, this this show might be a little murder light because we don't know if there's a murder in this case. We do know there is something that I enjoy, though. A, a good con story. Oh, they're going to say pickles. I do enjoy pickles as well. Pickles are good. I'm sure at some point this person may have eaten a pickle or two. You like a good club sandwich. I do like a good club sandwich. Yeah. I used to always, I was, uh, used to always uh, from the local pizza place. The roast beef club. And chicken fingers, yeah. Yeah. Now I really want chicken fingers. That's too. a good combo. Roast beef club with some chicken fingers. Yeah. It's like surf and turf, but it's like ranch and barn because you're getting the beef and you're getting the chicken. Right. I like a ranch and barn. Yeah. Ranch, that's a good combo. You should call it the ranch and barn. The old ranch and barn. That was a little cowboy hat. Yeah. Or a little boot. Instead of the, yeah, instead of a, I am for frilly toothpicks, but instead of the frilly toothpick, you get a little cowboy hat on it. And you get some frilly toothpicks in your chicken fingers, too. Yeah. Yeah. I We're like, on to something here. I like uh, I like pizza tots or pe- any kind of pizza fry. Mm-hmm. I used to love when we when you would get from Pat's and I would get a, I would get a pizza. I like getting pizza steaks from there. Their pizza steaks were good. Yeah, because because the thing is, is like when I get something from from like when I would get something for Pat's and when we're talking about Pat's, we're not talking about like Pat's and Gino's Pat's and different Pat's. No, although I prefer Pat's to Gino's, especially now. Say what? I prefer Pat's to Gino's, especially now. Oh, I don't prefer either one. I don't care. I don't give a shit about their fucking politics. You're too wrapped up in that shit. I'm very wrapped up. It's You are, dude. You're really into that stuff. It's so goofy. Um, I, I remember when we didn't care about politics like that. We, we had a little bit of an opinion. Like, oh, yeah, Bill Clinton. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a guy. All right. Anyway, yeah, sports or, or like wrestling. And we still kind of do that. But people are too like, ugh, ugh. Trump today, like, you know, so who gives a shit what these people are? I don't care about any of them. Uh, I used to. I was really, I was right there, you know, like, yeah, let's fight the good fight. But now it's just too, it's too much like people are fucking, you know, being hip- hypocrites. I, I think that that's what I hate most about politics is the fucking hypocrisy from from both sides. But anyway, going back to Pat's, uh, the other, not Pat's and Gino's, Pat's. Pat's Pizzeria. Pat's Pizzeria. Which is a small chain. Out of, out of New Jersey, maybe? Yeah, small chain of like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, like that area. Right. As a matter of fact, like I didn't see a Pat's for years. When we when we lived in Collingdale, we had this Pat's we would go to. Now, when you would go there, if you got a cheesesteak, you weren't getting a cheesesteak because you wanted a legit like cheesesteak. You got it as like a, almost like a dessert cheesesteak or like a knockoff cheesesteak, Right. Like, yeah. like, like, like if you're getting, if you're getting, if you want like a quality gourmet burger, you're not going to McDonald's. So that's what this Pat's Pizzeria was. It was kind of like a fast food cheesesteak, not like a legit fucking South Philly cheesesteak. Uh, anyway, they had these uh, pizza steaks and their pizza steaks were fucking delicious. Something about, I don't know, they were, they were good. And years later, after I hadn't seen a fucking Patson forever, I was living in Lancaster and uh, I remember going to the hospital and I came out and we were driving by and I was like, I was with my ex. I was like, babe, look, I was like, that's this fucking Pat's. I was like, I swear that's the same business that, you know, used to be in Collingdale. So we went in and I got a pizza steak and sure enough, I was looking at the thing. It's the same fucking company. Huh. And so I got to have like this. is I don't know. What was this? Eight years ago. I got to have a uh, a Pat's cheese or pizza steak again, which was fucking great. I used to love pizza fries and all that stuff. That I've been on that type of kick 
And uh, yeah, man, if you, if we can get you a fucking good club sandwich one day, that'd be cool. I don't know where you would get one around here. Yeah, I'm not sure. You probably have to go to. Diner. I know where you can get a pizza steak. You just go anywhere and order a cheesesteak, and you'll get a pizza steak. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck they're doing here. <laughs> even the new, even the new fucking hoagie shop. Did you ever see their fucking? Have you seen their their hoagie roll? Just the one time you got it. Oh, dude, it's no. It even looks worse in the pictures now. It looks all like a fucking pillow top. They have no idea what they're doing with their fucking rolls. The old pillow top hoagie. It doesn't. Nah, I'm done. I'm done. This is not sponsored by the fucking local hoagie shop. <laughs> this is not. You know, it's just my opinion. I I miss the way that they used to make them that business. I'm so, not going to promote. I'm not going to promote anything that uh, I'm not put my stamp of approval on things that I don't like. Well, why would you? That'll be your stamp of disapproval. If I got if I got money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if I got money for it, then I would love it. Oh yeah, of course. I'd fucking learn to eat shit, you know. All right, shit sandwiches. So, um, as you can tell by the title of this episode, "Murder, My Dude," um, there's a distinct possibility that this episode of "Murder, My Dude" is missing one key component: a murder. Right. Uh, so, what does this? What this case does have is a long, successful con game, a mysterious disappearance. And a grisly discovery. Yeah, you do love cons. I do. Yeah. I do. I like, uh, especially con movies. Any kind of con movie, I'm in. I love yeah. The Sting. I love... You like Sting uh, and Tony Khan? I do. Yeah. Uh, I like the musician James Khan. I like James Khan. R.I.P. R.I.P. May he rest in peace. Yeah. I like um, all of that stuff. I've, You know, honestly, like all jokes aside, I've never seen The Sting. Oh, you haven't? No. It's I've, very good. No, I've never seen it. Uh, it really makes you appreciate how good Paul Newman and Robert Redford were together. I know how good they are. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know them there. Uh, I, 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 <sighs> Also, a youngish James Earl Jones in that movie. I like con movies a lot. I think they're great. But I, they're not number one for me. Whodunits are. Whodunits are great. Like, too. a whodunit is, mm -hmm. is by far my favorite. Like... I love, you know, I, I think I, I've talked about this probably 106 times. We did a whole episode on them. Um, but just just the, like, locked in a, in a fucking house and, you know, try to figure out who the murderer is. Or locked in any kind of a, a train, a plane, a fucking well, I don't boat. think you're so much locked in a train or a plane. It's just that you don't want to open the door and get off because it's moving. Yeah, especially the plane. Yeah, I never thought of being locked in a plane. It's just like, if I try to get out of this plane right now, I will fall to my death. But I'm not locked in. Well, you, I guess you are. You have to turn the little hatch thingy. Right, yeah. I wonder if they have, like, safety things. Like, you just cannot open that shit. I think the, the cabin pressure probably keeps it pretty close, too. But I think it's just the idea of, like, yeah, we should probably keep that close so we don't all get sucked out of the plane. But I'm saying, like, you know how, like, you have child safety locks in a car? Yeah. Like... It, some that you just cannot unlock it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if like the they have child safety locks, uh, you know, on planes. On planes. But, no, seriously. Because what if some kids like mommy? I gotta. I have to poopy. I, I think it's very hard to open a plane door. I don't think it's something. You that, try? Uh, no. Maybe if the plane. Yes, I will try if the plane is on the ground and not moving. Yeah. I will try then. Yeah. All right. So uh, Melissa Louise Caddick is who we're talking about here. Uh, she was born Melissa Grimley, which is the most Australian name I've ever heard. Uh, she was born on April 21st, 1971. To Ed. No, no relation to Ed. No. You've just been watching too much All the Only Murders in the Building. That's your problem. That is 100%. I did uh, watch... Next, I was going to watch Jeremy Glick. 
Jiminy Glick? Jiminy Click. Glick. Jiminy Click? Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Glick. Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy? Jiminy. Jiminy Glick. Jiminy. Um, you, you guys, that's a deep cut. That is that's a deep a, cut. He's canceled now. Oh, yeah. What the hell is his name? John Gruden. Gruden, yeah. John Gruden, uh, one one day he was doing a press conference and he, and he went, Jiminy. Jiminy Christmas is what he said. Jiminy, Jiminy yeah. And then and he, he went, said Jiminy later. Jiminy. So, uh, Melissa, and we remember this 20 years later. Yes. Uh, Melissa Grimley was born on uh, April 21st, 1971 in Lagarno, a southern suburb of Sydney, which mm. is very hard to say. Uh, say that three times fast. Southern suburb of Sydney. That's once. Oh, suburb. Wow. Yeah. So I said suburb. Southern suburb of Sydney. Southern suburb of Sydney. Suburb. Nope. Yeah. Southern suburb of Sydney. Southern suburb of Sydney. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, Melissa's beginnings were unspectacular, but comfortable. Her mother was a secretary. Can you say that again? I like the way that you you delivered unspectacular. Uh, start start from Melissa's beginnings. Melissa's beginnings were unspectacular. But no, com- I don't like the way you said it that time. Uh, you didn't give it as much oomph as you gave it before. You said unspectacular. But comfortable. Mm. Her mother was a secretary, and her father worked in the insurance industry. Okay. Uh, so they're considered at the time middle class trending upper middle class i feel like i was just directing you there for a second you were you you, i went right back i put my director's hat on i forgot about that i forgot i I hung that hat up a long time ago melissa had by all accounts a normal childhood uh she dreamed of being a ballerina but her short stout build was the exact opposite of the body type required for that as melissa got older she started dreaming of more she was interested in the world of high fashion and the lavish lifestyle it's associated with uh, she also developed a penchant for theft. Okay, well, um, well there she goes. She yeah. is really trying to live out that lifestyle. Yeah. I th- think about it. Most of those people were fucking thieves. Yeah. The lifestyles of the rich and famous people? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, she'd also developed a penchant for theft, as we said. Quote, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be at dinner, a friend told the Sydney Morning Herald, and she would say, that's a beautiful butter knife, <laughs> and she'd steal it. I love her. Um, I'm a fan. Listen, okay, listen to me. Uh-huh. I don't like when people steal big shit right mm-hmm. like like if somebody's like robbing a fucking car or some breaking into something where you feel like or like if somebody's in your house and they take something like some kind of keepsake or something like that mm-hmm. but if you're out at a fucking restaurant and you steal silverware or you take something from a place that's like i don't know like, like a walmart or something like that i kind of don't feel bad especially if it's a place that aren't really paying their employees well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, they're making like money hand over fist and they're never going to know that that fucking beautiful butter knife was stolen. Yeah. You know, like I never feel bad. I kind listen, I stole a fucking three prong fork before. All right. I was in, I was in, uh, where was I? Virginia beach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the boardwalk sucks by the way, at Virginia beach. And I, I was eating at some no restaurant. Cars. No, it sucked, dude. There was like nothing there. It was the worst boardwalk I'd ever been on. Beautiful beach. Like we stayed on a, a hotel on the beach. You woke up and like I could I see like the water and everything. And it was oh man, this is pretty. You walk down there, shitty little boardwalk. Oh, there was this restaurants and that it it was boring. And anyway, I ate at this restaurant and I saw this three three prong pork and it, pork. Wow, three prong fork. And at the time, another I, tongue twister. Yeah, and I was really into like Atlantis and uh, you know all that stuff and there was a whole weird thing a little conspiracy corner thing your little side thing we'll get right back into uh into her beautiful knife uh but so i go down there and right before i go down there i bought this book 
by this guy named Edgar Casey, and it was about Atlantis. Okay. Okay. You following? I'm following. Okay. Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey. And uh, it's like C-A-Y-C-E or something like that. And anyway, I'm, I'm reading, you know, the stuff about Edgar Casey. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, go- I'm going to fucking Virginia Beach. Let me, you know, put this down. And I get there. And on the beach is uh, a big statue of uh, King Neptune, mm-hmm. which also, he's also Poseidon. Um, I think it's the same one. I think it's the same guy. Is Saturn Poseidon or no. is Neptune? No, Neptune is Poseidon. Yeah, yeah, yes. And and uh, and I was like, wow, oh, that's neat. You know, like that's fucking strange. And uh, because I was really you know into like Atlantis and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And he's associated with Atlantis, and I was like, oh, that's just interesting. That's just really strange. And. As I'm leaving the boardwalk, I walk by a guy, and, and I shit you not, this has happened a few different times. One time I'm in Jersey, I see Lil' Kim. Yep. In Collingdale, I see Randall Tex Cobb. In Atlantic City, I saw a girl in Monsoon. Well, you stop. No, I'm serious. I did. Oh. Yeah. I didn't ask him how much money he had in this wallet. Did you ask him how much does this guy weigh? No, that was a different guy art donovan art donovan yeah uh uh, how much does that guy weigh gorilla is this one of the wrestlers he looks like a businessman it's funny because you know that i always ask how tall somebody is so uh and yet and you sometimes call me art donovan um and i call you quimby and i don't know why i haven't called you quimby in a long time you haven't all right so anyway so i'm walking off the boardwalk but right right after i'm you know taking pictures by the thing and i walk by Terry O'Quinn. Yep. Terry O'Quinn from Lost. Yes, John Locke. And it's funny because there was always that rumor that Lo- like Lost was in Atlantis, even though it wasn't Atlantis. No. It's supposed to be like, what, purgatory or fucking no, hell? Or- no. That's what people say, dude. They're, they're dude, wrong. Listen, listen, you're, you're wrong. All right. You're wrong. They're, they're wrong. wrong. I don't give a fuck who's wrong. They People will swear that no, they died and they will tell you you're wrong and you'll say that they're wrong i me personally don't give a fuck if either one of you are wrong we, like i don't know who's wrong or who's right i don't know where they were i didn't continue to watch it it sucked you're smart it sucked i didn't get fucking wrapped into it i didn't i didn't hate my television like you did i fucking i'm over it okay i i've made peace with lost yeah i uh i, I just didn't care but anyway i saw terry o'quinn like shoot like legit I fucking saw Terry O'Quinn. And then I find out that there's a fucking museum just a few blocks away. And I didn't about get to, Terry O'Quinn. No, oh. but I didn't get to go to it because I was leaving and I didn't know that it was there. It's the fucking Edgar Casey Museum. Oh, and I had no idea that the Edgar Casey Museum existed. I had no idea he was tied to um uh virginia beach mm-hmm. I, I had no idea until i was late somebody mentioned it they were like oh yeah the edgar casey museum and i was like what because i think was it there i think it may have been there uh that there was like a ripley's believe it or not and they they were they were saying like different places to go to i think that's where it was because i was i was there and i was in uh north carolina maybe like the year before that or two years before that or whatever it was but anyway uh we we're looking for places to you know to check out and yes, yeah, somebody had mentioned the Edgar Casey Museum, and I was like, "You gotta be shitting me!" I was just reading about Edgar Casey in Atlantis, and then I come here, and then there's a fucking museum, and there's 
the fucking statue and there's Terry O'Quinn and I'm eating at a restaurant that has the three pronged fork. Well, that you stole, was, which is where we got, yeah, right. got here. Yeah, that's where I was going back to. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I stole it. I was eating a salad. Okay. I was I was trying to watch my figure. I was actually trying to lose weight at that time. And uh, and I stole a fucking thing. I, ba- I walked out with a takeout box and I buried my fork, my three pronged fork under my salad. I, I hid it under a bed of lettuce. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked out with it. So I am just like this lady. You're just like Melissa. I'm just Kenny. like her. Well, at this point, still Melissa Grimley. Right. Uh, so, yeah, she also um, uh, casually told a friend over uh, that was over for a dinner party uh, who had admired her salt and pepper shakers as she stole them from a local restaurant. <laughs> I so love her. She's stealing salt. I she's like she, my grandma. I wonder if she had the uh, rubber lined pockets so she could steal soup. That's. What's that from? It's an old joke. Like, oh, oh they're okay. so cheap, they steal soup from the buffet. My grandmother did that. Oh. She would, not soup, but she would bring, remember wingdings at, uh, if you went to Ponderosa, mm-hmm. they would have the wingdings. They were like the little fucking wings. Yeah. And uh, she would bring her doggy bag and go out to the fucking buffet and like fill her her po- pocketbook. Yep. As she called it. Pocketbook, as a lot of po- people pocketbook, say. Yep. Pocketbook, yeah. She called, she filled her pocketbook with fucking wingdings. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about soup, but definitely wingdings. My dad's friend checked me. He said, "Take the big cup at Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Go to go to the fucking super bar." Yep. And he would fill the big cup with pudding. Hmm. Pudding well, is all you can eat. I know, but like you're not supposed to take it with. Take you. it with you. And it's not take... all you can eat to go. Yeah. Um. So Melissa's actual life did remain painfully typical. Mm. After high school, she completed a secretarial and business administration course. And at the age of 27, she wound up working for the NRMA, which is an Australian motorist organization, which is similar to AAA in the United States. Uh, She ran a small office for the group and was remembered as being a model employee at first. She kept things moving. Uh, She was professional uh, very sleek. She was, uh, her boss at the time said her manicured presentation seemed suited to a job she aspired to rather than a job she had, which isn't a saying that's in like American business too. like, don't dress. It's like dress for the job you have. Don't dress for the job or no dress for the job you, you want, want, not, not the, the job, job you have. have. Yeah. Which would be, yeah, because, because it'd be so funny. It's like mechanics coming to work in suits and shit. No, because that's their, that's dress to impress is what they're really saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, I, I was on a uh, meet me a few weeks ago and I saw this girl who had moved from Texas to like Ohio or something like that uh, for this job. And she just was like bumming it at work and she works like a desk job. And I'm like, I'm looking at her and I'm like, why? I guess we're at a point where people are like, ah, it doesn't matter. I, I don't like that. I like if you're going to work at a job, fucking look nice. Make your job look nice. I understand wanting to be comfortable. But there are comfortable clothes you could buy. I have noticed because I am back in, at like working in an office now. Yeah. Um, I have noticed that at least where I work, the dress code has gotten a lot more lax post COVID. Like people are n- nobody's really coming in looking like a slob. Nobody's coming in like a T-shirt and ripped up jeans or, or something like that. I don't even care if they're ripped up jeans, like maybe on a you know a Friday, as long as you look nice and you don't look dirty. All right. You know what I mean? Like, like when people come in and their necks are hairy and their fucking hair is not brushed. Mm-hmm. You, you just have like patchy fucking facial hair. Clean it up. Clean it up. You, you represent that company. Like as long as you're manicured, you can have a beard, make your beard look nice. 
if your goatee is all over the fucking place and it's not it doesn't look the lines aren't fucking you know nice and straight it's just all like it's a definite no-no if you work for the new york yankees and i love that i love that i think with like wwe tries to do it too with you know with the wearing suits and stuff yeah i think certain people should get I don't want to say carte blanche, but like if you're the Undertaker, you shouldn't be fucking coming in in a, in a yeah. suit. Yeah, because you're you, you have your gimmick still too. Right. Yeah. I think I think for the most part they'd be like, listen, guys, you know, look, this is your like if you're Bastion Booger, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're the the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. You shouldn't be coming in wearing a suit because because right. it kills the gimmick. I do like though, even on indie wrestling, because I've gotten involved in indie wrestling the last few years. There's there's one guy in particular I could think of who. We could be doing a show that's a closed set, like there's no crowd. We're just taping for for TV yeah. or taping for like an inter- internet pay per view thing or internet streaming thing. He'll come in to an outdoor show in the dead summer in a suit, carrying his jacket over his shoulder with his luggage bag behind him, dressed like he's walking through the airport for WWE. Good, good for him. It's super professional guy. I love that. I love that. I do. All right. Um, so not all was on the up and up with Melissa, though. Six months into her job with the NRMA, an auditor in the corporate office noticed some discrepancies in the office's accounting. A deeper look between the auditor and the head of the office showed that Melissa had been forging her boss's signature on checks and had cashed out a little less than $2,000 in all. When Melissa was confronted, her boss recalls her looking like she was resigned to defeat. She just had that look like, yeah, you got me. Uh, he gave her an incredible amount of leniency, however. Uh, she, he gave her the ultimatum of, of uh, we can escalate it or you can leave immediately. Like, basically, we can either call the cops or you can leave. Uh, Melissa wisely chose to leave immediately. Uh, the boss described it as, quote, a clean exit. No lawyers, no police, no And that's nothing. a good, that's awesome on the, on the fucking uh, the job, too. Yeah, that's very forgiving. Yeah, that's pretty. Very forgiving. I like that. I like that. It's like, all right, look, you fucked up. All right, pack your shit up and go. Instead of, you know, we're calling the cops. The five o, the popo. Calling the the fuzz. Do you think they call them the five o in in Australia? No, probably not. No. I wonder what they do call them. Mm, I don't know the 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 OS. The OS because it's upside, upside down. down. Yeah. yeah. That uh, compassion may have had a detrimental effect, however. Melissa's relative lack of repercussions may have resulted in her becoming more emboldened in her next scheme. Uh, The clean break, despite her embezzlement, allowed Melissa to land on her feet after leaving the NRMA. She wound up finding work as a financial planner for a company called Wise Financial Services. Now, does she have to... (laughs) Does she have to put that other job down as a reference? How do you do, how it do you, seems like this guy may have taken a liking to her. No, I don't mean like sexually, but like no, yeah, I know yeah. The, the boss maybe even like gave her uh, a glowing review or something like that. I would think uh, he she even wound up being successful enough and uh, bold enough to take out a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan to partner with a friend she'd worked for at the NRMA to buy a twenty five percent stake in the company from its parent, the ING Group. ING Group, like legit, yeah. Oh, that yeah, ING. Like ING, with ING the, direct, with the, yeah. with the, the lion. lion. Yeah. yeah. Melissa had larger plans. You know what would have been nice if she took out the loan and took out 2000 and just went and gave it back? Yeah. To the other job. Yeah, you have $750,000. Yeah, just take out, just take the two grand and, and be like, hey, listen, I'm, I, look, let's, let's, we don't have to talk about this, but here, here you go. Sorry, I'm out. You go back to that boss, put the $2,000 in his pocket, say, 
Buy something nice, mate. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't do that. Um, she always had larger plans. Even back at the NRMA, she would take deep offense to anyone who called her a secretary. Mm. Um, in her 20s, Melissa dated a man. Uh, she, let's get a little into a little bit of her backstory, just kind of get a better idea for, of who she is. Uh, she dated a man in her 20s uh, who came off as suspect uh, to her and her, her friends and family. And she went far enough to hire a private investigator to look into him after things started going missing from her home. Let's try that word again. Suspect. Thank you. Uh, you said suspect. Suspect, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know. I heard it. Yeah. No, no, I, I have ears. Uh, the investigator revealed that the man had a penchant for meeting women and taking va- advantage of them financially. <sighs> Melissa was incensed and refused to believe the findings I like and ran off with the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, only to wind up dumped with maxed out credit cards a few months later. A couple monks gave me, uh, they used to give me incense. At, uh, Peppermints too? No. Uh, no, just, uh, it was an old like uh, pre-K that I used to go to. Strawberry it, Alarm Clock School? And, uh, what? Nothing. I'm I'm back in the music. And um, Strawberry Letter 23? No, Strawberry Alarm Clock. They had a song called Incense and Peppermints. Okay. Incense. <laughs> I don't think I know this song. Oh, you don't know Incense and Peppermints? No. Okay. Uh, so I I used to go to the school, and then years it closed down, and then uh, it became a Buddhist temple. Oh. And uh, there would be these monks out there, and I would kind of just like wander in, me and some friends, and the monks there would just give us incense. And we were like, oh, this is awesome. And I would just hang out in the fucking Buddhist temple and, uh, <laughs> and get incense from monks. And... Uh, and then, like, later on... Did you ever see, like, Stottlemyre, Disher, Sharona there? Or no. Natalie Teeger? I wish. <laughs> you did like Natalie Teeger. <laughs> Dude. I like Sharona, too, though. I like them both. Why? Why do you like them? I don't know. No, what does it have to do with... Uh, uh, oh! Monks? Yeah, okay, there you go. Monk. Yeah. Monks, yeah. Wasn't that a diner, too, from uh, Seinfeld? Seinfeld? Yeah, it was called Monk's Diner. Yeah. It certainly was. Yeah. But I'm anyway. Sure, I'm sure many of those people were on Seinfeld at some point. I, it's You know, it's funny. I, I've been watching a lot of Boy Meets World lately, mm-hmm. and you got to see all the people on that show that have been on Boy Meets World. I mean, that have been on Seinfeld. I bet. Like, a crazy yeah. amount, dude. A crazy amount. I even saw Uncle Leo recently. Uncle Leo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back so, to the show. R.I.P. Bookman. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just died, didn't he? He did. Michelle um, Michelle wound up um, kind of changing after after this guy I'm, dumped I'm her. I'm sorry, wait, is this up. Melissa or Michelle? What's Melissa, her? I'm sorry. I keep, I keep wanting to say Michelle. Well, Melissa. you have Michelle written down, but you yeah. have Melissa. I'm very it's Melissa. Michelle's a typo. Oh, uh, gotcha. The event and the departure from the NRMA sparked a change in Melissa. She hired a personal trainer and got in better shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trainer got her, helped her get the gig with Wise Financial through a mutual friend that was looking to hire someone and train them to run the office, which okay. wound up being Melissa. Uh, Melissa did more than that. By 2003, she was a superstar in the financial industry. Uh, she was making magazine covers. Oh, damn. Uh, she was becoming a financial advisor with like a huge reputation for big returns. Uh, one article about her was focused on Melissa's eight golden rules for finding a financial advisor, which is my favorite, actually my second favorite John Ritter sitcom. That was uh, eight golden rules, rules for finding a financial advisor. No, it was uh, dating my teenage daughter. I do not want to date your teenage daughter. That's good. Um, 
Those rules, which become quite ironic in the long run. You wouldn't be anyway. I don't, yeah. Your, your tits are too big. She, I, she probably likes smaller titties. Yeah. She's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, those rules, which become quite ironic in the long run, include things such as, like any profession, financial planning has unscrupulous operators. <laughs> Why did you say unscrupulous? Because I was running like out of... Scottish. <laughs> unscrupulous. Unscrupulous Sc- operators. Scrup. Unscrupulous. Well, I'll show. I'll show. I'll show cautioning about Ponzi schemes oh. and urging investors to be to ensure their financial advisor is Shit properly down. accredited. Shut down, Trebek. Shut up. A few years before gracing the cover of those magazines, Melissa met and married Tony Caddick, a working class British immigrant. Despite Melissa still working in an admin job at the time, and Tony being very much working class... I would call him Tiny Cod Dick. Tiny Cod Dick. That's what I would call him, because it, it would be funny. Oi, Tiny Cod Dick. I'd be like, oh, look, it's Tiny Cod Dick. And he would say, it's Tony Caddick, and i go, yeah, same thing. Not as funny. Yeah, not as funny. Not as funny, Tony Caddick. Yeah. So, Melissa, again, working class, she's essentially a secretary... Uh, Tony is just working jobs, normal, like, labor jobs. Uh, they had a lavish wedding that Melissa explained away to her friends as being the byproduct of her brother Adam helping out. Uh, six years after their marriage, with Melissa now being the darling of the Australian finance industry and Tony having completed his law degree, the couple had a son, Josh. Uh, four years later, they would move to England so Tony could work as a solicitor closer to home. Uh, about two years after that, in 2012, it was closer to 18 months after that, uh, Melissa told Tony that she had to brush up on her financial skills, and she planned on attending a financial conference in Switzerland. Naturally. Yeah. Uh, mutual friends in France, though, told Tony the truth, that Melissa was actually in Paris uh, on a romantic getaway with a hairdresser named Anthony Coletti. No! Who Melissa had uh, would... Give money to travel to various locales for romantic trysts whenever she was away on business. So she had a long-standing like kind of thing with this hairdresser. This She's a how, woman. She is a woman. Uh, and th- and this is how uh, Tony Caddick found out. Uh, Tony revealing this information to Melissa led to a major fight, and Tony left the couple's London residence to stay with his family in Kent. A few days later, Tony came back to the couple's <laughs> home to find it empty. Yeah. Well, it, you just the way you said Kent was Kent. like and Kent, Kent, like like you said it with disdain. Kent. Ugh. A few days later, Tony found the couple's home empty and their joint bank accounts cleaned out completely. So she basically just up and left, like up and left her husband and cleaned out the bank accounts. Went back to Australia. She had gone back to Sydney with Josh, uh, their son, when where she told her friends and family that she'd fled an abusive relationship. Tony Caddick wound up moving back to Sydney as well, and he uh, lived in an apartment, drove a used car to be closer to his son, because Melissa got the couple's $1.56 million house in a divorce. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is all uh, this is all going on. Uh, Melissa would then later sell the house for a small profit and would rent a five-bedroom home with her new husband, stylist Anthony Coletti. Uh, Caddick had long ago left Wise Financial, she sold back her stake in the company due to them refusing to allow her to recommend property and sell shares to her, her clients, which was against uh, Australian compliance rules. But she said uh, compliance rules are made to be broken. Uh, she was now on her own and started a, uh, a financial services business called 
Molliver. We're going to go with Molliver and not Maliver. Ah, <laughs> Maliver. Ah, Maliver. Only Melissa Caddick was woefully, only thing here is Melissa Caddick was woefully unqualified for that job. She never obtained an Australian financial services license, uh, which she should have to have had for all of these things. Uh, she operated using the credentials of a former co-worker without that former co-worker's knowledge. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and she would carry on using that license for eight years. Jeez. Um, but the financial services Melissa Caddick provided were hardly related to stocks or anything of the sort. Uh, Melissa Caddick was running the good old plain and simple Ponzi scheme. Or, as it's sometimes known, the Pyramid Scheme. Right, yeah. Uh, she would recruit new investors, mainly friends, family, and other associates. Who's a, fa a famous Ponzi Scheme guy from... Uh, Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. The big yeah. one. I love recently. that, because he made off with... With a lot of people's money. Yeah. A lot of money. Bernie Madoff. That's he, the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. He was uh, much more successful than Melissa Caddick. Okay. Uh, but Melissa Caddick was successful in her own right. Uh, she would pay out the old investors with money collected from the new ones. So that's how these work. Like... You basically are saying, yeah, um, this is how Madoff did it, too. Like, everybody thought Madoff was just great at picking stocks, and that's how, like, you would have all the, these great investments. And most of the time, because people just keep their money in their investments, they're not cashing out. And if somebody did cash out, uh, Caddick and Madoff would just take the money that people are paying into when they're investing and paying out people as needed, which is how a Ponzi scheme works. Um, and most of the money, uh, a great, great deal of that money was being funneled right into Melissa Caddick's pockets. Melissa had a cliffside home bought for $6.2 million. Uh, she was known for wearing the fanciest of designer clothing and she owned a jewelry collection. Are you trying to get out of jewelry duty? No, no. Um, worth an estimated $3 million. This is all Australian. So it's not as, as like much money as it sounds like but it's still quite a bit of money i'm sure three million dollars australian is is worth quite a bit of money in the united states probably at least like five ten thousand dollars or more even possibly more clients were given fake statements from comsec one of australia's largest financial brokers and all seemed on the up and up on the surface and uh, all in all melissa is believed to have stolen more than 30 million australian dollars during her run as an advisor listen i know we're, we're we're different places here but i just expect all of these big fucking businesses to uh are you okay yeah i'm looking up the exchange rate for australian dollars to u.s dollars i, I uh i expect all of these businesses to, to be shady and steal money from people and whatever but it's also like yeah but they're the ones that do it uh, so what like Unless they're really stealing like, a lot of money from me, I, I don't care, you know? And it's just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I just I just expect, like, I see Comsec. Mm -hmm. As soon as I see the, the name Comsec, I'm like, oh, these people are shady. I can't trust them. Yeah. But they provide a service. They do. And you probably need the service or somebody needs the service, so fuck it. Whatever. Like, I, I just don't see it as that big of a deal that these people are shady, but, you know, whatever. See, so yeah, that 30 million Australian is a little over 20 million American that she wound up uh, stealing. Damn. Like many of these cases, Melissa wound up being found out. Uh, usually a Ponzi scheme ends when you don't have enough people funneling money in to pay off the people coming out. And I think that's close. Or no, I think people just kind of took a closer look. Like the other thing that happens is like, oh, she's returning like 20, 30 percent a year on these investments. That's a little too good. Like everybody has a bad, a bad run.
By 2020, uh, the walls were beginning to close in, and Melissa was being investigated by the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. ASIC agents and the Australian Federal Police raided Caddick's home on November 11th of 2020. The next morning, Melissa's son heard a door shutting around 5, 5.30 a.m., and he was 16 at the time. Uh, his assumption was that she was going out for her morning exercise routine. Melissa Caddick was never seen again. Oh, wow. The swindler's sudden disappearance, another tongue twister, the swindler's sudden disappearance, that was easier, uh, was gigantic news across Australia with theories uh, everywhere. Um, she had run off to avoid prosecution. She skipped town. Uh, she committed suicide. She had been killed by a vengeful ex-client she'd ripped off. Because most of the people she stole the money from were like friends and family who were investing with her. And be like, oh, Melissa's doing great with our money. We're making 20-30%. And they found out she stole everything. Uh, Melissa's husband insisted that the last of those three, the murder, she'd been killed by a vengeful ex-client, was the case. Conventional wisdom suggested the first, that she may have just ran off to uh, avoid the long arm of the law. Um, Any, let's just say that that is the case. You have, a, you have a fucking kid. Like, but I guess you're like, you know what? I love my kid, but I love being free. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't want to go to fucking prison for the rest of my life. I don't know if she would have went, she might have gone to prison for life. Probably not. Probably like 20, 30 years. Um, That's the rest of her fucking life. How old is this lady? Uh, 50. 50? Yeah. Then she'll be 80 when she gets out. That's the rest of her fucking life. Pretty much. Um, attention focused in part on a sheer cliffside about 500 feet away from Melissa's home. Was she thrown off the cliffside? Did she throw herself off the cliffside? Uh, the story took another turn on February 21st, 2021. That was when campers on a beach south of Melissa's home found a shoe uh, which contained a decomposed foot that had washed up on the beach. DNA testing would determine that the foot did, in fact, belong to Melissa Caddick, and she was pronounced dead shortly after. Uh, Melissa's assumed death did not stop the investigation from pressing forward. Uh, Melissa's company was dissolved. Her assets were seized. Uh, that included her home. Um, her husband, Anthony Coletti, sometimes... Uh, in fact, I saw uh, doing preparation for this. I saw a thing with her, uh, his father, Anthony Coletti's father. and uh, Tony. So um, Tony Coletti, yeah. It wasn't that an actress, wasn't she? Like the Sixth Sense in the United States. Tony Collette. Oh. Um, and she's Australian. Yeah. Wasn't so, she a Sopranos or something? Where's she from? Tony Collette. She was on like the United States of Tara. She was on she was in the Sixth Sense. I don't think she was on the Sopranos. But is that her name? Tony Collette? Tony Collette, yes. But Anthony Coletti's father was one of these things that I think, like, he's one of the people that, that uh, Melissa Caddick ripped off. Like, he invested with her, and she lost all his money. She stole it all. And some of the money's still missing. That's another reason people thought, like, Melissa Caddick might have disappeared, run, run off with the money, because they didn't find that whole $30 million. They couldn't account for all of it, even with all the stuff she bought. There's still money missing. Um, But they asked Anthony Coletti's father if... if uh, he thinks he was uh, Anthony was aware of what Melissa was doing and in a very nice way because it's his son he essentially said no he's far too stupid like no he would have just believed anything she told him is essentially what he said wow 
Um, in fact, Anthony Coletti, uh, Melissa's friends would sometimes just call him the handbag. Hey, she was in Knives Out, Tony Collette. Was she? Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, they called him the handbag because he was just like an accessory she wore around because he was like, I guess, more conventionally attra- conventionally attractive than her. Uh, some of them called him the toy boy. Um, they perceived to be nothing more than idiotic arm candy. He was he was ordered to uh, vacate the couple's home this past March so it could be sold off to pay for victim's restitution. And Coletti, to this day, still insists that Melissa never stole anything and that she was murdered by someone. Which is possible. Uh, the rest of Melissa's body was never found. Uh, whether her death was a murder or a suicide has never been determined, which we said, is this a murder? We don't know. Uh, there are some who do think otherwise, though. Speaking on an Australian TV show, Weekend Today, criminologist Dr. Xanth Mallet, fake name, made the following suggestion. Quote, When it's just a foot, I would caution against the possibility that someone is deceased. You can survive without your foot. So some people think that uh, Melissa Caddick may have uh, cut off her foot, threw it off of the cliff near her, and uh, ran away, presumed dead, to enjoy the the rest of her money for the rest of her life. Yeah, I mean, like... How much did she have access to? I don't know, but I think a few million dollars were left. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had the money and I was on the lam, yeah, I think I would do the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be my left foot, by the way. Yeah, is, it, is that the one that causes like a lot of pain and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my it's left, also a movie. My left foot is really. Yeah, there's a movie called My Left Foot. Uh, my I have a bum foot. Yeah, my my foot's fucked. Fucked. Um. Yeah, so I would probably get my left foot lobbed off. And I think there's a more PC term now than bum. You have a foot that's going through economic hardship. Thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of hardships. Well, let's go hurry up and go home. It's time to talk about some very, very major hardships. It's time for another game of who died the worst. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game of mine. Who died the worst? It's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of this game is what? Who died the worst? That's right. Who died the worst? And in this game, I'm going to give Jackson Wells over here three deaths. Three deaths. He's going to tell me which of these three people died the worst. I am. I will tell you. And I will tell you. Even though the last episode we did was right after 4th of July, we didn't talk about one of the things we always talk about, which is like fireworks mishaps and things like that. Oh, fire is dangerous, everybody. Uh, fire bad fire bad fire bad uh so we're gonna talk about the danger yeah of fire yeah Uh, let's hear which uh which lummox here uh fucked up the most uh maybe it's pablo ruiz all right oh bobby pablo ruiz is a 43 year old man from san antonio texas of course he is who um who died on uh the fourth of july the night of fourth of july um Due to a uh, a fireworks mishap incident is uh, how police described it. Yeah, uh, Ruiz and a friend uh, were shooting fireworks and had been drinking. Mm-hmm. 
when Ruiz thought it'd be a good idea to light a uh, mortar-style firework from the top of his head. Uh, the firework exploded from the bottom of the tube, but I like the way this article put it. Piercing the man. He was pierced by a firework. Uh, as if it's an earring. Uh, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Okay. So death number one is you try to light a firework on your head. The Pablo's red glare. Yes. All right. His head bursting in air. Right. Death number two takes us to Northern Ireland. Uh the north of Ireland, and yeah, John my, Steele. My people. The Northern Irish? Yeah. I don't know if this guy's one of your people. Okay. He's a uh, he's a unionist. Okay. Uh, he wants Northern Ireland to remain with the United Kingdom. Well, I mean, he might be my people as far as blood goes. Blood, yeah. I have no idea. Could if, be. Like, I mean, politically, I, you know, I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> he, he did care. In fact, he was uh, helping construct a large bonfire. In uh, the Anfill Estate in Larne County, Antrim. I think I have people from Antrim. I think that's on my ancestry DNA. And so he, he was a window cleaner, so he was used to high heights. And this uh, this bonfire... He's got high heights. He did. Not anymore. He's got low heights, like six feet under low. The bonfire was constructed more than 50 feet tall. And uh, John Steele was at the top of the bonfire setting up the crates and getting everything ready. I think I went to ready. school with him. Did you know his father, George? John Teal. Oh, did you know his uncle, Jungle Jim? No, I didn't know Jungle Jim or John. Or, uh, I do know George. I do know one of his uh, cousins. Uh, who? Adina. Gotcha. Um, Adina Howard. Yes. Freak like me. Mm-hmm. So John Steele uh, was more than 50 feet in the air on this uh, bonfire he's constructing. I knew his cousin, Peter. Yep. Do you remember Peter Steele? I don't. Typo negative? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. He he fell... F- which one, Peter or John? Peter. Well, John's what we're talking about. He fell from the bonfire over 50 feet to his death. Were there vanities there? No, they even took down the bonfire. Okay. There was a vigil for him. So so, so what happened to this guy? We said too many names. Yeah, death, I don't even know what's happening to this Death guy. number two is yeah. he was building a bonfire. Building a bonfire. Uh, and he fell off the top of the bonfire and fell over 50 feet to his death. Okay. Death number three takes us to Italy. I don't have the gentleman's name, right. but it's a 20-year-old Italian man. Okay. Who uh, died from burns. Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Giuseppe Burns, I'm going to call him. Giuseppe Burns. Well, Giuseppe Burns is what happens here. Oh. Um, he was lighting a barbecue. Okay. With alcohol. All right. Well, okay. Uh, which caused the uh, the barbecue to blow up in his face and engulf uh. his body. Okay. He was taken to Naples uh, Cardarelli Hospital. Napoli. Mm-hmm. And he was reported to be not in a, a life-threatening condition, but he did later die. So death number three is you try to light your uh, your your barbecue with alcohol. I'm guessing like isopropyl alcohol, rubbing alcohol, or maybe it was just alcohol. Maybe no, because some people like when they blow fire, like yeah, they, like yeah. the pure alcohol, yeah. Huh. And he uh, it engulf it, it made it um, flare up and engulfed him in flames, which killed him. So again, yeah. death number one is a guy who was lighting the firework off his head, Pablo. Uh... Death number two, he he builds the bonfire, falls, falls into off. it. I'm trying to remember if his name was Pablo now. It doesn't sound right. 
First one was Pablo. Yeah. And then death number three is Giuseppe from Italy. Yeah. Uh, Giuseppe burns because he tried to light a grill with and burn. alcohol. So, so you I, ask me. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question here, Jackson Wells. Yeah. Ask me. Who died the worst? Jackson Wells is flummoxed. He's at a loss for words. I'm a flummox lummox. Um, the second time he said lummox, he called them lummoxes. Well, that's because it rhymed this time. Um, this is tough, man. It's not an easy one. This is really tough. So I have to make the. I'm going to go decisions. with number three, the uh, the alcohol guy. Yeah, Giuseppe Burns. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to go with him because the other two seem to die instantly. Yeah. Uh, like, at least with, with Bobby, like, it, it pierced his head. Yes, or pierced what, his head. And so, it probably knocked, he's knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if this guy gets torn apart by wolves, thrown out of a fucking, you know, helicopter, and, and his body gets ripped in half mm-hmm. by another helicopter with a hook. It doesn't matter what happens to this guy. If he's dead right away, he's dead right away. So it doesn't matter what you do, right? Yeah. Like if you kill somebody, they're mm-hmm. already dead. So so what's it matter if you, you chopped their head up and put it through a fucking, you know, uh, deli slicer? I'm with you. Um, Number two, yeah, the guy falls and it sucks 50 feet, but fuck him. Uh, now I am being political. Oh. Fuck that guy. Fuck what he did to my people. And the rowboat. I thought he was your people. Well, he's my people as far as blood, but the other people. Now you, ma- you made me think. Yeah. Oh. Uh, now who's political? Me, yeah, Jack. Uh, the 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 other the, Jack, not Jackson. Jackson is for the, with that guy, I guess. Uh, but I'm Jackson Wells, so so that I'll, leaves us with Giuseppe Burns. So this is why I can't do because you're getting, you're getting lost between Jack and Jackson Wells. That's why you have to be one person. I'm just that's why I'm always me. No matter where I am, I'm always Brian Paddington. True that. True that. I'm always I'm just Jackson Wells. Then you're no longer a character. No, uh, no, uh, no, this is taken over. I'm changing my name legally okay. to Jackson Wells, and I am changing my uh, political stance. I am voting differently now. All right. And uh, now I'll be accepted in the town I live in. Yeah, very much so. In the state. Well, parts of the state. In the country I live in. Yeah. I just don't like country music, man. That's why I could never fully commit. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three. Yeah, number three is my, my answer, because I think that that's like... It does the, seem like it was prolonged and painful. Yeah, and, yeah, right. Like, and he's alive, and then he's, you know, it's like, uh, all I can eat is jello, you know, and then he fucking dies. Yeah, because all I could eat is jello. He's like, why live? Sure. I think that's what happened. So, yeah, so number three. Yeah, so uh, Giuseppe Burns is, is who died the worst this week. Yeah. Um. And just to kind of wrap it up, uh, my theory on Melissa Caddick, I'm going to guess suicide. Uh, I don't think there was a death. I don't think there was a murder here. Well, there was because that is the most common of all murders, the murder of oneself. You think you you don't think she tried like fake her death? It's possible. It it seems like. Well, it's possible, but so it seems like it would have been suicide and you just went with suicide. It seems like it would have been harder to do. Like she would have to have somebody cut her. I mean, she had money to do this, so you could have gotten somebody to cut your foot off it seems like there's easier ways to fake your death than to cut your foot off like if nobody's ever gonna find if they find her like if they find her they find like a one-footed woman with an australian accent and nine million dollars they're probably gonna think oh that's melissa caddick well i don't think that they're gonna know her fucking bank account 
you know. And uh, maybe, maybe she'll just, have a prosthetic why just, leg. Why not just disappear? Why leave the foot? Yeah, I mean, there's that. Maybe she just maybe she had a bad foot like you do. Maybe she's like, I'm getting rid of this fucking foot, right? And they're gonna think I'm dead, right? Exactly. That's yeah. What? All no, right. for real. What if she had neuropathy and yeah? So I never right. thought of that. I also didn't care. All right. <laughs> I didn't care. So I don't care. I don't care. Well, there you have it. Jackson Walls does not care, and we will see you next week with more murder. My dude. Next time. It's not weekly anymore. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention the big twist ending. We've been in purgatory all along. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, look, a hatch. You're never going to let that go.